This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, Bertie. It is episode 112. Ah, how did we get here so quickly after episode 111? <laughs> That's it, exactly. And it's a throwback episode. Throwbacks. Christmas is over. It's all done and dusted. Everybody's uh, belly is full of turkey. Oh, man, I'm stuffed. And we are going back over some of our interviews from 2024. Or 2023, oh my God. Uh, nice. Before 2024. So we have episode 62 on the cards today. Own improvements, where Owen was in talking about house improvements. He'll be back on at some stage soon, actually, as well. An update on... On the house improvements, excellent. Yeah. Episode seventy-six, the probe intent with Sinead, <laughs> all, all about Beckett Mill. What a name! Oh, I love that episode. That was, was brilliant, absolutely classic. Yeah. So, if fast. anybody hasn't listened to these, you get a little bit of a taster coming up in this the episode. Episode eighty, if you want to go back, a pucker ride where we talk to Ra- Rob Matthews about cycling. Oh yeah, that's right. The cycling work scheme. Episode eighty-one, X Men Origins, where Scotty spelled origins wrong. <laughs> and Benny was in telling us all about throwing axes and all the crack he has with that he should be back in telling us about his zoo job which is also very interesting yeah yeah and last then on the list today is episode 101 where Paul was in telling us about his cycle uh, oh, I would cycle yeah. 500 miles around Scotland that was a great one too excellent episodes so we have some snippets from all those episodes on today's episodes which is at 112 um, do you fancy calling a name god I don't know now that you put me on the spot um, oh my god My turkey My turkey Oh my god I said it wrong <laughs> My belly is full of turkey Oh yeah I know I like it okay. Let's do it Alright so it is uh, episode 112 My belly is full of turkey Love it Nice So today's topic, obviously, was influenced by our guest. Oh, it wasn't parachuting, no? It wasn't, no, it wasn't <laughs> parachuting, yeah, yeah. Don't. Or Jaguars. <laughs> cats, um, cats. Is uh, DIY. 
something that I think we've talked about before. We've yeah, done, we, we we've have done a few episode. of them. Yeah. Um, episode number was about DIY. Mm. It's something that I, for me gets more. I, you've been doing DIY on since you were young. <coughs> you've been doing it yourself <laughs> since you were young. <laughs> Don't tell us all Sorry. the details. <laughs> oh My mother's listening to this. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but you've been uh, interested in like making stuff and like building bits and bobs. Yeah, but not. I haven't actually done any DIY until we bought a house. Right. Um, Did you buy an old house? Yeah, it's like a hundred and something years old. Nice. <laughs> like a cottage? Yeah, it's an old stone kind of cottage. Out in That's too. Bertie's dream. Bertie wants one. Don't give addresses out in the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just say it's somewhere in Ireland. Yeah, it's in an Otherwise, the paparazzi will find you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was kind of a necessity because it was a fixer-upper. Mm. Yeah. And we didn't really have any money to pay someone to do it so i figured i'll just do it how yeah. much of a fixer up or like could you live in it at the start or <coughs> were you like in a caravan yeah no we could live in it straight away that was a prerequisite for buying somewhere because we were renting and yeah. we didn't have anywhere else to go so mm. we needed somewhere that was ready to go into yeah. there's a few houses that we saw that were nice but they weren't ready to move into mm-hmm. so that was and did you always want to fix her up or like did you look at ones that were or was it a budgeting yeah, well, I think when you buy a house, you're going to fix up stuff anyway. You're going to change things. You're mm-hmm. not going to move in and leave it exactly as it is. So mm-hmm. you're always going to do something. Um, but in this case, we had to do a lot of demolition and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was quite fun. Like, uh, And so what, what was the first thing? When you move into the house, what was the first bit of DIY that you had to do? Uh, bathroom. Right. Well, like, you know, small stuff, but bathroom was the first major thing. Hmm. There was no shower. Like, it was, I don't know who was in our house before us, but I think they were a bit odd or something. <laughs> smelly. Yeah, <laughs> definitely smelly, yeah. Hmm. There was no shower, really. Just, um, just a bath, was it? Yeah, it was a bath and then, like, a shower head, but, like, the hmm. water pressure was just, like, a... Oh, was it connected to the tap, like? A dribble. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know how they washed themselves or if they did. Hmm. Um, Bucket. Possibly, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that was the first thing, bathroom, shower. Um, and that, that water pressure thing, do, how did you fit a new pump? Well, there wasn't a pump there to begin with. There was only oh. there's a tank in your attic <laughs> yeah, that yeah. feeds the water down. Gravity so it's just gravity fed. Yeah, and the tank was uh, just above here. Like, it's not, it wasn't in the second story. Yeah. It was in the first story. So. All right. Yeah, we just put a pump in. Yeah. So and did you put in a pump yourself? No. I, um, I've done all the work in the house myself mm. except some of the early plumbing stuff yeah but Run. what i did was uh, when the plumber came i said to him look uh, i don't know anything about plumbing hmm. can i help you deadly yeah and nice so me and him kind of did it together he showed me this is what you do for this and this and this yeah so now i can kind of do plumbing stuff i i'd, I'd <laughs> probably risk i'd do it yourself plumbing on the bottom floor but a wouldn't chance it on the second floor because it's more forgiving if you have a leak on the bottom floor yeah grand your tiles get wet or something but if you have a slow leak in your bathroom upstairs from something you didn't do properly, mm. it could be two years before you even notice a big stain on your... Possibly, yeah, but... You know, I'd be plumbing. paranoid. Have you done any plumbing? Yeah, like, I've done... We've done the same scenario. We bought an old... Not an old house, but a house that was fairly... The guy who lived there before us was obviously a DIY guy, but a really bad DIY guy. Right. So, yeah. had to rip out everything that he did. <laughs> that sounds familiar. Um, <laughs> yeah, um... So, we put in, like, our new kitchen, put did all the sinks, the bathroom sinks, all that kind of stuff, but on the ground floor... And like, but I I wouldn't touch upstairs now. But you did plumbing, like plumbing, yeah. Like got pipes, went to a hardware, got pipes, did the U bends, all that jazz. Yeah. yeah, didn't get the copper, didn't bend the copper pipe thing. I didn't have the tools. Yeah, but but did you did you do like drainage plumbing from a sink, say, or did you put in new water lines? Like no, just existing area, like the sink. Well, I moved the sink maybe three foot to the left, but 
same same drainage lines, same water lines, everything like that. And you didn't uh, you didn't extend the water lines. Is that what I'm asking? No, no, I could no because. It, they were these flexi pipe things, so I could just drag them across. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> just pull them across. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not, it's not too bad. I put in radiators uh, yesterday. Nice. I wanted. I've I've one room to re- renovate, and I want to get one of those old vintage radiators. You know the big steel ones you yeah. see in your old school. I want to get one of them, but I don't know whether it can retrofit that into an existing two pipe thing. I'm sure you can if the mm. fittings doing, are available. I'll be doing. I'll be doing a whiskey room in the house. Oh, lovely! With an old radiator. In it. Yeah. Lovely. Just, just oh, a whiskey room. Well, a gin room. It's going to be a whiskey oh. style thing. I, ha- I have to Google whiskey rooms for inspiration. Rooms to fucking spare out there in Kildaki. One for gin, one for your shoes. I don't have a shoe room. <laughs> <laughs> Who has a shoe room? A room for gin. Um, and how did you learn how to do any of that, that early stuff? Was it just YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. YouTube's, YouTube's great. Fantastic. Yeah. And then trying stuff out. Yeah. Well, it's my. To be honest, it's it's all pretty easy. Mm. It's it's not complicated. Yeah, some stuff is complicated, but like plumbing is not really. I don't want to diss any plumbers out there. <laughs> I'm just for what I'm doing, I'm not plumbing a house from scratch. I'm just yeah, yeah. adding on stuff to to what's already there. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're just making connections. It's like Lego. Yeah, it's pretty pretty simple. Right. And did you have all the tools? Like uh, one of my burdens was not having the right tools, and my wife's always like, "Will you do that tomorrow?" I'm like, "I don't have the tools." Can't do it. Yeah, but then you're like, oh, and I have an excuse to go out and buy tools. Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Use use that to its uh, full potential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just buy and be like, oh, I need this tool. Though. I'd be worried to buy one tool though, because then you'd never use it again. And but then all of a sudden, then you you find yourself wanting it the next time. You think that, yeah. but like, I want to buy a nail gun, like mm-hmm. one of those nail guns, like three hundred fifty quid. But do you have a purpose for it now at the moment? Yeah, I need to do all the skirting all around, all, right, all okay. around the house. But yeah. I'm not big into nails because if you make a mistake, they're awkward as hell to take out. True. What would you use to put on skirting then? Screws. Or screw into the into the stud itself, and then Rod just patch it up the screw head. Um. Yeah. Or drive the screw right through so you can't actually see it. Mm. You might just see a tiny hole, but like if you're looking at your skirting boards, well, your skirting boards white. Yeah, I suppose that might yeah. stand out quite a bit. But yeah, yeah you could fill over. Or, mm. you would fill or use nails. It's your house. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> interesting. Just in general, like yeah, um, and electrical stuff. Where do you stand in electricity? Well, I was an electrical apprentice for six months. Oh, okay. oh well, Dan, there you <laughs> oh, go. Six months. Cool. Six months. <laughs> but that was qualified. Quite, that's kind of like you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was a plumber for six months or so. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could and have done a radiator first. I ran, uh, this was my first uh, intro to the podcast. I ran, um, I was the head of plumbing in Navanhire. Um, because I told the lad in Navanhire that I had like so many years experience <laughs> as a plumber. He took me on and then after like a matter of weeks, he was like, you know, not, you, you know you nothing lied. about plumbing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm going to have to fire you. I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so you did, no you did, yeah. you did the Sparks, yeah. Did you have a, like a Mitsubishi Colt when you did the mm. Sparks? Thing? That was yeah, my yeah. first car. Okay, now I remember. That was a piece of crap. Um, so did that experience set you up do you think for doing spark stuff in your house yeah yeah absolutely yeah well even like um well there's there's some theory involved so you need to know like how much power is going through cables and what sizes to use and that kind of stuff but mm. other than that you're just making connections it's like plumbing you right. just match the colors and just turn off the power uh yeah if you need to <laughs> <laughs> if you, <can laughs> well, you you'd be worried about like dealing with electrical wires and stuff not really no no, no. i've got shocks before yeah, loads, loads, and loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> New hairstyle. Yeah, no. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, well, I did, like I said, I worked with it for like six months, so maybe that gave me the confidence to do it. Right. I think a lot of it comes down to confidence. Hmm. If you're not confident, you won't even try. Yeah. Hmm. And if you do try, then you'll see that it's not so bad. And a very accepting <coughs> wife, by the signs of things. Oh, yeah, she's some woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, when did you start? Like, are you finished? What? The house. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never be finished. <laughs> we didn't last five years. Okay, very good. He's it's building a replica of the Playboy Mansion. Is what's gonna oh. it's gonna finish nice. up like <laughs> you're doing a pool in Lego <laughs> in Lego yeah we actually have, we actually have a pond that will double nice. as a pool in the summer ah excellent that's, that's awesome yeah. will you put in some fish and stuff like that and yeah that's that's done now that's brilliant we, we did that last year class and yeah, the walls good. and the inside were they lime 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 plastered no they weren't they were um, oh no sorry they were they had really old lime plaster on it take it down no and repoint the brickwork or did you plaster over um, a bit of both. Because yeah. when we moved in, the walls had a lime plaster on it, and then they had wallpaper on top of that, and then they had like multiple coats of paint <laughs> over the years. So it was just lead, lead paint as well to stop the <laughs> damp. <laughs> it was just a mess. Like, so we had to rip everything out. And, hmm. Yeah, we did lime plaster some of it, and then other parts of it are stone and brick. And we repointed that. And yeah. did your other half then? Did she get involved? Did she get her hands dirty as well? Um, no. Well, she she kind of finances stuff. Very good. So that's her. That was her responsibility. <laughs> yeah. Finance department, good. building department. Yeah. She, she does the garden. She looks yeah. after the garden. Everybody needs accounts. Yeah. The garden is amazing. She yeah, she loves the garden stuff. Yeah, she does a lot of gardening. And, um, Fair play to her. Yeah, she puts a lot of work in And it. where does she get her green fingers from? Uh, her mother likes gardening. Oh, yeah. She she kind of took on gardening in our old house. We were all, Before we moved, we were renting an old kind of uh, stone farmhouse. With a nice Lovely. old, really mature kind of nice garden. Nice, so yeah. she was doing work in that and mm. then she got her own garden when we moved so brilliant she's like kind of gone out out so that's out. her diy um project really uh yeah yeah, yeah i guess that's fair to say yeah she's kind of lovely taking care of that end of it but um yeah she's doing a ton of work she was going out uh <laughs> she's probably give out to me for saying this but um <laughs> she was growing uh flowers last year right and she was apparently the slugs love them so she was determined not to let slugs get them so she was going out every night with a torch yes, and a bag, <laughs> going around like <laughs> Legend. Slug, slug hunting. <laughs> you just put you, you put eggshells around them. Yeah, I think she tried that. Doesn't that work now? It worked for my cabbage. <laughs> so we're going to take a look at the Instagram for Beckett Mill, um, and you can talk us through some of the stuff that's happening out there. Okay, yeah. Right. If there's listeners that probably ha- don't know Beckett Mill, say, what? How would you describe Beckett Mill and? Oh, that's that's a very good question, John. Um, just, for, just for people, like obviously we uh, locals listen to us, but there might be some people that oh, don't oh, yeah. know. If someone turned up and wanted a photo with a windmill, is that possible? With a, with a windmill? Um, <laughs> Bertie clearly has never been to Bexhill Mill. <laughs> no. no, I'm just trying to, so people aren't rocking up looking for windmills and then you get in an argument but and we don't have windmills. It's all about wind though, isn't it? You can get the word wind isn't in the title like at all. Pretty sure there's a I'm river just next trying door to, as well. Yeah, I'm just trying to get what kind of mill, just so people aren't it's disappointed. What happens if a lot of Dutch people turn up and they're looking for windmills? <laughs> right, yeah, that's they're sick of, oh no, look, another windmill. Fair point, but she was about to explain. <laughs> so let's, what was that? Oh, that's my Dutch person. <laughs> okay, um, so tell us about Bective Mill. Uh, okay, so Bective Mill is where I grew up. Um, when we, well, when my parents bought it in 1992 or whatever, it always was going to be a B and B. Um, and uh, we ran it as a B and B for years. And um, 
2016, I decided that uh, with myself and Paul, my husband, decided that we wanted to open up a glamping site mm-hmm. and a coffee shop. Um, I just had my son at the time. I had worked in a call centre and it was just the most horrific job ever. And I hated my bosses. They were such assholes. And I just thought, Jesus, I have to figure out something now. I have a child and I don't want to go back to a shitty job like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we'd been away in Canada. We'd done some camping. We, you know, we just, you, I suppose when, when you're in, I don't want to sound shitty now but like I feel like there's this kind of thing in Ireland where you know you get into the habit of going out every weekend and it's just you know you work all week and then you go out and you blow all your money on drink and going out and then we went to Canada Canada, that changed for us we were kind of going out at the weekends being a bit more outdoorsy and uh, we just came back to Ireland and we just felt like you know um I know we just wanted to do something different so we decided to put in planning application then for the glamping for the coffee shop and uh yeah so that ended up being a, a nightmare yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it ended up being five years oh, that wow. that coming through so you know we we're pushed back lots and um then we had the sauna uh so liam Irwin approached us during covid about opening up a sauna and like you know back to visit <laughs> It's a very, like, it, it attracts very unique things. Let's just mm, say that, like, yeah. over the years, we've had some, like, really interesting characters who stay with us and work with us. Um, so uh, Liam came to us about opening up the sauna, and uh, I I just thought, you know, this is just one of those things where people come and they just say things to us, and yeah. we're like, okay, fine. But, yeah, um, he came and uh, he ran through his plans about opening up the, um, the sauna. Um, it was in the middle of lockdown. And then, uh, yeah, I ended up opening, he was like, we should open up coffee docks. We'll have people come down here. So I ended up opening up the coffee dock. So as we are now, we are, there's a sauna down there that's run by the lads in the hot box. Mm. There is glamping because we got our glamping approved eventually. And then there's a coffee dock and we run yoga classes. Um, I kind of became a yoga teacher in the middle of it all. So we run yoga classes and now we have our new geodome as well. So just pretty much everything like we've run music festivals we've had raves down there before (laughs) (laughs) you know it's kind of it's a bit of everything what was uh what held up the plan application like the access or what you were going to do or yeah five years long time to oh it's a long time for business life to be honest it was very very difficult uh time because you know um a lot of money had Mm. to go into um different surveys so the mill itself is listed uh we had to get bat surveys there was this special area of conservation we were next door to a river um and then our neighbor as well mm. like he i think all those years of raves or whatever might have pissed him off a little bit so that's literally next, right next door isn't it pardon is that right next door i'm trying to imagine there's like a house right next door oh to yeah guys, it? yeah it's just at the top of the lane there yeah, yeah. So, um, it um, it you know was a very difficult five years. You know, we were putting a lot, an awful lot of money into it, and it kind of got to the stage where it was like, you know, do we keep at this? Do we do we keep pumping money into it? And then mm. at the same time, we were like, well, we've already done so much, you know, and this is what we want to do. And so, like in the in the midst of the five years as well, the mill burnt down. <laughs> so oh, yeah. I remember that. That was so. I have sad. a picture here. Helen. Let's have a look. Quick look. How, how far did it burn down? Like. Burn, burn down. Oh yeah, totally burned down. Is that like yeah. um, accidental or electrical or what? 
well, I have my own theory. But, uh, oh, <laughs> right. There's a, a picture there. Look up on the screen behind you. That was, I remember seeing that. I was so upset for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone could see it around. Like, there's just smoke billowing. Uh, that looks like it's part of the movie. It really does. Yeah, it's I wish it was. Um, yeah, no, it was very... It was, And I was there by myself that day. What? Well, I wasn't. We had a woofer staying with us. You know, the like, it's the World Organic farmers they basically like people who travel and they'll you um you uh keep them so you give them their dinners and they'll stay with you and they'll work a few hours nice. oh. so we had a woofer with us at that time as well she was actually uh staying in that room where the big flame is no. coming out of yeah so <laughs> smoking weed was she <laughs> so what 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 was the the cause of it did you ever get a report on it um well, it's very obvious. So at the time, the B&B was flying and the tumble dryers were going <clears throat> like 24-7 and, right. the, and um, whatever happened as, you know, tumble dryers do, caught on fire. Like you can, you can see it. It's, yeah. it's, it's like that's the, you can tell just where the, like, you know, there's an infer- there was an inferno there. Right. Like, wow. you know. Just in that corner or whatever it was. Yeah. And then like at the same time, like a couple of weeks after the fire, there was a recall on washing machines. Oh, and there was me. I was no. like going into like the, the like the, whatever was left of the building, trying to see if I could get like a serial <laughs> number or something. Because yeah. that would have been a, an amazing payday. Right. The, the mill wasn't insured because it cost maybe 10 grand a year to insure it. So, mm. yeah, I had my yoga room just finished. I had bought lighting for the yoga room literally the day before it happened I was in the car <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like <clears throat> I had all this new lighting I'd spent like about 300 euro getting it and uh, it was in my car and I was like oh be a lazy bitch and just leave the lights in the yeah. car and I was like no you're a serious <laughs> businesswoman now no. you're going to take those lights out and put them in so oh. they're ready for the next day and I did that and then yeah so that that was when was that? How long ago? Uh, 2009, July 2019. Uh-huh. And um, what way is it now? It's still the same. Uh-huh. Mm. We've got grants to get the roof repaired, but you're like, like I think because it's a listed building, you can apply for grants and stuff. Isn't yeah, it? but Jesus, like I, I think we got a grant approved like twenty five thousand, and that would be like uh, uh, that right. fix a window, clean the wall, yeah, not it, the clean the wall exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. you'd obviously have to put the same kind of slate on it. Yeah, which is probably nowadays is really expensive, Slayer. Well, I think they were okay with us putting the galvanized back on it, um, because it was like that before. Mm. Um, they were thinking maybe like a green galvanized or something mm. along those lines. Like they they are trying to be somewhat realistic, but you know it is it's very. It's and how many rooms was in that for the B and B? Oh, there what the B and B wasn't in that room. Oh no, 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 no. So there was my yoga room, and there was an apartment that. Oh. probably should have been in there but it was <laughs> oh and then the, all, all the dryers and stuff was in there all the dryers, oh, okay. dryers in the basement so we think it was a dryer but mm. on the day like we were uh, so when it happened I was supposed to go to Facebook a summer party with Paul and uh, I was there getting ready and I was thinking like I was staying in the cabin at the time the door just gets kicked in and I can't remember her name it was like Sabrina it was like Sinead the mill is on fire and I was like I just was like, because mm. I actually saw this weird colored smoke go past the window mm. and I was like, oh, well, neighbors obviously burning rubbish or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and then uh, that, that happened. She, she shouted and just at the middle of the fire and I ran outside and lo and behold, this smoke was just billowing out. Mm. And we've such bad signal down there and the phone was like hopping out of my hand. Mm. I'm trying to ring the fire brigade and they're trying to ring me, <clears throat> ring me back. And at the same time, I'm just thinking, oh my God, where's the dog? <laughs> the dog. Oh, yeah. So when when Jake was okay, I was like, right, that was somewhat of a yeah. relief. Um, but yeah, I got through to the fire brigade. Anyway, they, we all just 
basically stood out. Uh, it was real awkward. We were just standing there, like we all had tears in our eyes. We were, mm. you know, watching the mill burn down. Like all of our neighbors were piling down, and mm. it was just like silent for a little minute. And we we're just like watching it. Like you nothing hear you like do. nothing you can do, and you hear like things falling down, and yeah. it was it's just all, all timber floor and timber beams. Yeah, uh, so it was just it was an awful situation. It just went quiet, and then my mom turned around. And she was like, "Well." Yes, I don't have to do the darning today. <laughs> like, and, uh, that's proper Irish mammy right yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. And now ever since I'm like, you've burned the building. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you lost your clothes obviously as well. It was only bed sheets. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. They can be replaced. Well, actually, no, we've actually a lot of storage in there as well. Like Ollie's little baby clothes. Mm. Oh, no. Yes, that was, that was a kick in the teeth. That's horrible. Um, and the, the structure's still standing though, isn't it? Like structurally yeah. it's still there. Structurally it's it's fairly sound, you know. Um, I think we could eventually, you know, do something with it. Um, th- the main priority is to get a roof on it because it's yeah. just so exposed at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah. And the wheel is still on the outside. Yeah, the yeah. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, no. Like actually the the the, the millstones, are they called grindstones? No, millstones, yeah. Mm. They're, they're all intact in there. Um, and you can see like all the the mechanics of the the wheel are still there. But on our podcast this week, this man um, stood up to the plate. He's here this week to to talk everything. Actually, we won't introduce the topic yet, will we? No, 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 no. But, we'll get into but, the topic. But a little keep later. tuned for the chocolate bar world cup later on. Oh, that too, yeah. Ooh, and of course, our uh, waffle game. And the finish off for those albums. The wonderful Robert Matthews is with us today. Yes. How are you, lads? It's, How it's are been you? a long time coming. Get in on top of that mic there. All right. Um, it's been, been a long a, time coming. Just get coming. your mouth off the been mic, Rob. Jesus, disgusting. Time. You were on the. It's not your first podcast. You were on the F1 podcast as I well. I did a little bit of podcasting with you before, yeah. Yeah, he's a pro <coughs> with this now. <coughs> with the Formula One one? Yep. Oh, very good. Yeah. Are you into Formula One? Out. Mm. Yeah, not so much. I was, okay. I was, I in and out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it when it's not boring, that's shite. But it's it's a bit boring. This I like to watch the start of it and then that's it. Yeah, yeah the, the first corners. Yeah, yeah. Just <coughs> cars going around. Yeah, <laughs> they are, but they go around in in different corners in different ways. And but stuff rally and is better. Um, no, no, yeah. it's not. Ah, oh, it is. It's a lot more exciting. <sighs> okay, professional go karting. F one. Go karting is awesome. Garden is awesome, but that's the start of F one. That's where they all start off. That's where they all kick off, yeah. You know? But you could uh, quite possibly have a WRC or WRX car, but you can't drive a Formula One car down the road. I just I wish I had a car at the moment, to be honest. Um, Ooh, subject. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, come here to me, Rob. What did you get up for your weekend, there, boss? I had a busy weekend. We had a we had a couple of communions to go to on Saturday, Ooh. and then gigging in the central. Which you're well aware of. Oh, yeah, I was there too, yeah. Oh, and uh, then on Sunday, we were at the Dundry Fair. On Dundry. The Dundry. Dundry. Was Dundry, Dundry Fair packed? It was busy, yeah. It was a busy one this year. Because yeah. I think last year now it was fairly wet, so it was quiet. Like, But mm. I did a good crowd around this year. Yeah. <gasps> I saw a video of a device that you strap children into. Yes. One of my children was strapped into said device. And... It was going round in a big circle uh, and was making everyone look like they were going to get sick. Did they have the picnic bench that gets lifted up by the crane? <laughs> that's, that's always great, right? The spider baby. <laughs> More um, water. What, yeah, what, what is, what, what's, what's Dundry Fair about? Is it like a farming fair? Is it, <coughs> what my, is it? My impression of it is kind of a, a farming fair, yeah. Like you're, they're buying and selling different animals and... Um, oh, right. oh, actual trade happens there, like? But, well... Isn't that what historically it was to deal in animals, like and was it? I think so. Wasn't it a farmery type thing for? I thought sell, it was just that's kind of generally what what most of them fairs are. Really, yeah, 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 selling produce and stuff. Mm. And, and like and the Scourge Town Fair used to be on Market Street. 
because Market Street is called Market Street because there used to be a market on it where they bought and sell cattle and It'd be and cool to have it in there, wouldn't it? Well, they used to up until, like, you know, people complain about smells and all that. And then ah. it got moved. Because I still remember that fair being in Market Street. I'm pretty sure it was that, not the haymaking. I'm pretty sure it was Gurdistan. Because then we could have... Do you remember, was it the gumball rally that came through Trim? Oh, yeah. And then there was a girl in, like, an Opel Corsa or something that drove through. <laughs> well, she oh, went she the wrong stuck way. in the middle, eh? <laughs> yeah. We could have her driving through the market. <laughs> the biggest cheer. <laughs> fair play to her. Um... So that was the weekend. Done that the was week- the weekend, yeah. Done the fair. Went out on the bike then after after the after the fair. Careful, careful. Don't blow the load. Um, so that was your weekend. Aye, that was it. YouTuber faces 20 years in prison after admitting to crashing a plane for views. Did you see the video of it? No. no. So this young, this young fella. Yeah, Trevor Jacob. How did, you, that how, young. How, how did you get a plane? Um, I'm not sure. This is a YouTuber and he's worth a fortune. Yeah, I guess he just p- bought a plane. Oh, I he bought it, a plane? I think it very much is his own plane. Oh, okay. So and he, it's your own plane? He flew it. Right, well, here's the problem. He flew it up into the sky. Uh, mm. He took it up a certain amount and then he just bailed out of it. Mm-hmm. And then he was filming it from his phone watching the, the plane go down and stuff. Oh, right. but that could have went down anywhere. Uh, there's the problem, mm. right? So he's facing he's facing 20 years, basically, for endangering people's lives. Yeah, you imagine you were fishing. Out fishing in a lake in a boat. Next minute, playing at you. Well, I thought you were going to say so you like threw your fish away or something, or <laughs> threw your fish. <laughs> or hit your fishing line <laughs> after you just caught one. You get a fishing line right in the neck. Um, but yeah, there's that. I I think the area was somewhat. It was like a vast abandoned area. Yeah. But you just don't know. There's wildlife yeah. down there as well. There could be anyone hiking. Yeah. yeah. Could be vegans down there. That's that's true. Yeah. Uh, and like he had no defence. It's like no, I didn't do that. And there's like to play a video of YouTube. But clip. Did, you, you can just see it clearly. So I think this guy, as you like to use the term, rubber ducked. Um, he filmed it all just to have evidence for everyone there. Yeah. yeah. So like he's he's got his wish anyway. He's he's pretty famous now. But he's going to end up in in prison, unfortunately. How long? Twenty years. Twenty years. Uh, what country is that? Uh, I think it was Australia. On oh, their prison, aren't too bad. Trevor Jacob. Different it's Columbia. Or well, yeah, but they originally, that's the, they're the original uh, penal colony, aren't they? They're, they're used to that over there. Um, all right. Well, Trevor, um, you silly goose, uh, don't do that again. Uh, all right. So, the next one. Uh, office worker causes, you can have a look at the, oh no, I cut it off. Office worker causes controversy by padlocking their milk in the communal fridge. Oh, so he managed to close it with a padlock. How did he do the that? Fridge the there was like a little plastic top that he got hmm. that had little holes in it and he was able to put a padlock in the top of it. Um, we all <laughs> we all live with people, right? Hmm. There's always other people. Do you ever have a problem with people taking your stuff or do you have a certain oh, in work, yeah. area in the house or something? So work, start with that anyway. In work, what's your... Well, I've got a little uh, lunch bag now and I have uh, all my stuff in my lunch bag. I don't put stuff in the fridge by itself anymore because that goes missing. Mm. But when it's in a bag, it feels like you're breaking an entrance so people don't open your bag. Right. Because <laughs> it's your private property. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but like milk would have went missing and if you left like um, a bar or whatever around or different things went missing. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be and more hilarious if just one colleague. <laughs> <laughs> like, who is doing this? I have no idea. It's crazy how that keeps... He's <laughs> sipping his tea. Like, you don't mind people texting you and say, oh, is that your thing in the fridge or whatever? Can I have something that's grand? But take yeah. it and not say that you took it, yeah, and then not yeah. replace it. Is worse. Like, mm. Mm. Yeah. is there is there a certain shout for the fridge should have communal milk? 
Like it should just stay stocked. Someone uh, should stock up the fridge. No, because that'll end up always being one person stocking it. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? And then, then it's your money that's being wasted. So I have my little milk bottle and I just put exactly the amount to make two cups of tea. So even if someone asks me for milk, I'm like, I don't have milk. Oh, really that's what I, that's what you have to do now. That mm. is what you have to that's, do. That's that is. That, I'm glad I brought up this topic. That's yeah. hilarious. Mm. Now Owen does ask to borrow milk sometimes, but Owen takes like the smallest bit of milk. Like it's not even worth putting in. His, he may as well just drink black tea, right? Because it's pointless putting in the milk. It, it, the, the drop he puts in his tea actually makes his tea worse. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always looking for a shout out in the podcast too. Boy, Owen, don't give it to him. Yeah. Is he the guy that <laughs> is he the guy that loves Lego? Loves Lego and rice or something. And uh, no, loves Lego and pancakes with Nutella for his breakfast. That's what it is. Oh, nice. Yeah. How are you on? Yeah. Um, How are you on? Nice what, what age is he? Um. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 24? Right, he's only a young Maybe buck. this year. Young mm. buck. Plays a bit of football, does he? He does. He plays a bit of long one as well, yeah. Oh, does he? He's a local yeah, lad. Yeah, yeah, centre mid. All oh, right. Was there a bit of nepotism there? Did you get him the job in the in the gym? Uh, I did, yeah. We were playing <gasps> together at Park Celtic and uh, we needed a fella. And I was like, Owen, you can't find a job after doing your master's degree in geography, resource, environmental, something, something. That's what he, his job is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my he God. Was, he was already, he'd done in vigilating in the college, so he was already had a staff number. Sorry, you so said he was a vigilante in the college. Is that what you said? No, he was in vigilating. <laughs> you don't do that in public. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So explain what that is. <laughs> That's the person that walks down the aisles in exams to make sure you're not cheating. Oh, right. Invigilating. Yeah, invigilating. Oh, God. So yeah. Great That's So he, he already had a staff number in the college, so it was just, I just said to Paul, oh, Owen's looking for a job, and we have a job. We give him a job. Hmm. And Paul's like, yeah, tell him to come in tomorrow. 
and then he came in and he's there two years there can, very good can we swing back to invigilating for a second yeah. <laughs> where else can you use this in life what Being else does invigilating mean like what I have no idea. I just do it in exams, I think. So only exams? Yeah, I think so. I don't know where so else So like watching over someone's work wouldn't be invigilating. It's more no, just about No, because exams. why would you have to watch over? Because they're, they're cheating, isn't it? Thing. Okay, so it's to monitor cheating. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Okay. Mm. Irish woodsman t- uh, trapped in the city, studying forestry and throwing axes. That is a hell of a title. Loves a bit of wood. Why, hello. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Um, I've never heard that read out loud before. That sounded way cooler when I wrote it down. It's very um, cool. It is. Very cool. <laughs> well, thank you for that introduction, yeah. And uh, thank you very much for having me and on he's the got podcast. the hat and the shirt to match his bio as well. You do yeah, look. Yeah. We actually do have a merch store, axclub.ie, so check us out. Yeah, like so <laughs> nice. uh, there is there a question go. I've wanted to ask for a long, long time before I met someone like this. How much wood <laughs> would a woodchuck chuck? If a woodchuck could chuck wood. It's comparable to how much oil a gumboil okay. could boil. If a gumboil could boil oil. Oh, touche. There's a comeback. Well, thank you for that introduction. Yeah, uh, uh, the summary is quite literally, that is exactly what I've been doing in the last uh, year and a half, or at the very least since... Um, Maybe last January I commenced uh, a forestry course with uh, UCD. I'm temporarily on a leave of absence, just dealing with uh, adult stuff as being a mature student sucks. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'll be back in September comm- uh, committing to a forestry course that hopefully will get me into a forest manager position within Quilchin in maybe five or six years. But until then, hmm. I plan on being in Dublin City throwing axes at least every Tuesday for the league nights and then every weekend for the open sessions we run at Axe Club Dub. Oh, that is unbelievable. Axe Club Dove so smooth, awesome, isn't he on the mic? Mm, so yeah. smooth. So, <laughs> smooth. Um, so, was this something that you were uh, inclusive of the of the forestry? Is this something you felt that you were kind of called to? You're living in the city. Did you did you and you see it in your bio as well? You use the word trapped. Is that a, is that something that you really felt that in Dublin you you felt trapped by being in the city? Ooh, uh, not to get all philosophical actually, but just I think uh, it's something that maybe our entire generation, uh, Irish people as such, we're we're great people for emigrating every time um, the uh, proverbial hits the fan as such. So when we end up in a city environment, it's generally we still have very fond memories of living in the countryside or we have relatives in the countryside. We have that free spirit where we want to be able to at least go out and enjoy the outdoors as much as possible. And while in the city, I did find myself drawn to the axe throwing as a, a nice social space. Like the guys that set it up are very much bushcraft instructors. They are woods people. They've got their own little venue out in Wicklow and that as well is a great asset for anyone not to plug every single thing about the company. <laughs> but as an asset goes, like axe throwing is lovely, but Heading out to Wicklow and talking to guys who know their bushcraft skills, who who understand nature, and also will show you how to throw loads of other kinds of axes, yeah. like tomahawks, double bits. There, there's stuff out there that you just you get to throw it at big old hunks of wood, and it sticks in sometimes. That's, awesome. yeah. nice. That's about as as, as much as so it's good. Ang- would it be good for anger management, as in releasing some anger and stuff? Good for managing anger as opposed to releasing it, because it does take a calming. Yeah. Kind of, uh, you have to get the technique down mm. and uh, although 90% of the 
people that we have coming into the venues that are all looking for rage rooms yeah, and yeah. sleep. So, <laughs> so it's about, yeah, it's about Valentine's the... weekend was a lot of girls' <laughs> groups just like, we're looking for a rage room. This was the closest thing to it. No way. <laughs> <Rage> <laughs> Do they exist? Rage Not rooms. in this country. Apparently, right. recycling all the material is a goddamn nightmare. But oh, over yeah, in the right. States, where they just landfill the crap out of everything, every city's got like 10 of them on each block. Jeez. Wow. That's, that's insane. <laughs> and so, what was it, what was it about axe throwing in particular? Is it something that you kind of fell into? Did you see it on, on social media or what was it? Um, funny story, I guess, uh, over the last five years, uh, like uh, this is where it gets into the, the whole. Uh, what it's like living in a city, especially during COVID. Yeah. So a lot of people would have felt quite trapped in their uh, in their small, limited space apartments. For me, I've always kind of just found ways to get out of the city. During COVID, though, I was working for a large local semiconductor company. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was in my background, I wanted to work in sustainable energy, loved all the idea of like actually being paid to be a field engineer or researcher or technician. It didn't matter whether it was water sampling or working on an air, a wind turbine, it was just my my intention was to eventually get out of the city mm. and during covid i uh, made a decision to get a mortgage to wipe the slate clean on having all these odd jobs and going into a bank and them looking at me just being like oh there's no way you have a stable income yeah so i got a stable income and then i quit as soon as the mortgage was signed oh, nice <laughs> beautiful <laughs> high five yeah well done nice. But uh, within that, uh, it was uh, it was a great opportunity, and I just got the sentiment from from the guys that were setting it up that they were sincere. They they weren't looking to to set up a new trend. They just kind of saw that this was it was popular in a lot of cities, mm-hmm. and they were trying to round out their own bushcraft right, experience. Okay. Yeah. And I just happened to live close enough and be mad enough and have the experience in events and hospitality enough that I could just kind of go in there and just learn how to axe and then do the rest of the job. Yeah, I yeah. think if, if Matt and Heath are listening, I hope that's what you perceive I'm doing. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and also it is, uh, as John pointed out, the anger management side of it, it is quite therapeutic to have something physical to do, whether you go to the gym, yeah. whether, you, whether you play sports with friends. Um, the axe throwing kind of thing as well I don't know what got me started I have considered this and I think it was Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman (laughs) (laughs) there was a dude in that that at least I think in one of the opening scenes as in the like early 90s early 80s or late 80s kind of TV shows where they have that scene where everyone's smiling at the camera with their name up Hmm. one dude just like kicks open the door and like throws an axe at a wall and I must have seen that at the wrong time of my (laughs) young life too many times all right time it just took me 20 years to get back on the horse but uh but yeah like uh just the axe throwing vibe i guess um yeah it's just uh it's part of hand tool skills right. sportsmanship getting a new skill a new technique and also just having something cathartic to do with mates and the social space as well is pretty wicked whether you're in the dublin city center venue you head out to wicklow on a hike maybe and round out the day with it or and this is my favorite new part is when I joined the company, the guys already had the ball rolling on this, but uh, I'm now the mobile range manager. So bringing nice. this thing to festivals, weddings, funerals, if that's <laughs> the vibe. Um, Hopefully it's, it's, it's not the coffin on the other end of the, the throwing range. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like everything from like hen parties and stag parties have frequented the venue lately. Wow. Um, but you get a lot of like family meetups, like four or five, ge- four or five generations of a family will wing it in. And like the matriarch, the great grandmother could be like nailing the bullseye. And you'd s- <laughs> it's better than watching a child walk for the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if your own child walking for them, but just in general, seeing kids like fail at standing up compared to seeing a grandmother. <laughs> 
mother <laughs> nailing a bullseye with a hatchet. That's and the <laughs> technique behind it. Can you explain? Because I've never done it before. Indeed. And my thought process is, oh, I'm just going to pick up the axe mm. and surely I can just throw it. It's not mm. as easy as that, is yeah. it? Can For you do it off a horse? <clears throat> I, me personally, yeah. I, I don't have a horse. Now, no. I can probably <laughs> do it off a bicycle, but that's only because I live in Northside Dublin yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. confident of my skills. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing stones. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty much anything can be thrown around that neck of the woods, but uh, mm. but yeah, no, the the technique. It's and there are some great athletes within my midst. This isn't just my experience or me feeling overly confident about it. I've spoken to quite a few that have performed in the world championships, and uh, yet there is such a thing. The the guys who set up uh, the axe throwing venue in Dublin and Wicklow, uh, Matt uh, Lavelle and Heath Dawson. They were over in Nova Scotia last September at the World Championships and a lady who'd only started throwing in Ireland in 2018, Kiona McGowan, she took the World Championship for uh, the women's section. Wow. And so I've spoken with her about her technique and some of her war stories or anecdotes and Heath, who set up axe throwing, he was, I think it was third in that uh, World Championship. Hmm. So he's been a wealth of information about the technique and the most important thing I can tell all of you hmm. is that every movie you've ever seen when everybody's all macho and roaring and <laughs> shouting and just letting all their anger out and it's all with the arm this big muscular goddamn walking into the room shaking hands with schwarzenegger at the start the predator arm <laughs> none of that is helpful it's right. all about momentum and stepping into your throw in such a way that you are giving a consistent power so when right. you step into your axe throw you are releasing the axe after it's been gracefully brought forward by your arm but your step forward allows for your body weight to be supported by your leg that steps forward right. so your chest moves forward it is supported by the step and your or your body weight is then placed into the axe and the potential energy is sent right toward the target and that gives it the same spin, the same power and you can be more accurate then. Right. How accurate can you be? For me? Yeah. Uh, well, no, in, in general, like, uh, you know, um, have you seen the Patriot? Uh, the which one, sorry? The Patriot with uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, God, yeah. Loads so of times. <laughs> Are you talking specifically about the Ames Ball and Miss Ball scene? Because no. I watched no. that shit on slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when they have the rifles. But remember, uh, Heath Ledger's after being uh, taken by the Redcoats and one of them is holding him and mm -hmm. knife to his throat and Mel Gibson throws his, his whatever axe he has and hits your man square in the forehead. Oh, I Like, could you be that accurate? Like a person that's good Absolutely. at it? Absolutely. A person that's good enough at it. There's, a, there's two locations on the top of targets that are used for tomahawk or hatchet throwing uh, ranges. The range is usually about 12 foot. That's about, I think, about the distance that uh, yeah, he was at uh, there. Um, and sorry for using the old imperial system. I tried to look this stuff up in metric, but uh, everything is in feet when it's a North American sport that's <laughs> kind of spread across the West. But uh, yeah, about that distance away, and this is like I'm speaking not only from what I can do on a good day, but a lot of the instructors I work with and even some of the savants you get coming in that have never picked up a hatchet yeah. before. After an hour, there's these two spots on the top of the target, on the top right and the top left. Over in the States, it's called the kill shot because it's pretty much just head height and it's about the size of, a, I don't know, a two euro coin, maybe a little bit bigger. Okay, so at the end of May 2023... This year. This year, just gone. Yeah. Um, you took a trip, Paul Caldwell, to Scotland. Yes, guard. <laughs> no, that's next week. Um, can you can you explain exactly what this what this trip was all about? 
why did you go and partake in this madness? Because I'm a bit mad. <laughs> you are a bit mad. And well, I like bikes. Explain exactly what it's all about. What What is this? It's so a hi- Highland... It's tra- called the Highland Trail 550. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to wear a kilt. You don't have to wear a kilt. But no. you can if you want. Oh. I wouldn't recommend it. No, no I wouldn't say no, so. you cut the ball there. <laughs> uh, so, I was on here, what, a year and a half ago? Ah, uh, yeah, easily, yeah. And I was, hmm. I've been in Iceland. And and I've been to Scotland since. Jenny. And I've done two big trips. Nice. Across the water. One, Across one of the, the trips, not, not so successful. Well, it was successful oh, yeah, in the end. Yeah, I, I did another podcast. Oh, you've done one of that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll have to. So would you, would you link us into that, maybe? Uh, I might. I might. Oh, see, really oh, is it out yet? That one has been out. You listen to it. Did uh, I? It was the Cloud Forest one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember so it's kind of done. Now oh, right. Okay. Okay. Oh, right. Talking about. You but anyway, yeah. So Scotland, uh, five hundred fifty miles, self-supported. Carry all your own gear on mm. your bike mm-hmm. on a mountain bike. Sixteen thousand meters climbing. Did I get that right? So it's about 970 kilometers or something. So what's the 550 for? It's 550 miles. Okay, sorry, yes. Remember, miles are, there are a lot of miles. Yeah, and so what's, th- what's that in kilometers, roughly? Yeah, all nine, nine, all bag on your back or bag on, bag bag on, on the bike? Bag on the bike. So the picture you put up on yeah. Instagram, there I have a bag in the middle of the bike, I have a bag in the front of the bike, and I have a bag in the back of the bike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I have a bag on my back. But it's not, it's only a little bladdery water bladder thing on my back. Platypus. <laughs> bladder bus. beaver trying uh, uh, trying to get out of a beaver how much water can that you hold on your back two liters and then yeah so kind of i've had and does it go back in from the other end yeah both ends, yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> filtration the water goes up your arse his own his own human centipede um so come here to me two <laughs> two liters isn't an awful lot of water no so you kind of carry filtration so that's the whole self-supported thing you kind of right. have to be uh, it's camping out then is it everything what yeah Holy God shit. Damn it. Well, you're not going to do 550 miles without stopping for the night. Yeah, of course. And yeah. if anyone knows the hi- highlands in Scotland, they're pretty, pretty mental. Wild. Mm. They're amazing. Yeah. Amazing Is it gorgeous? Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Great views. What was the weather like? It was actually really good. Uh, previous years, it's absolutely lashed. Hmm. Lashed. And I was lucky that the weather was really good for the time. Mm. That I was there. I, I had a vision both. of you, like uh, you know Mel Gibson when he returns to Scotland, <coughs> and he's standing in the in the thatched cottage. Just all the roof is caved in, and it's lashing rain. Mm. It looks depressed. Is that not fatal deviation? <laughs> 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 That's another podcast. Not yet. Not yet. We have to talk about that later. Um, so five hundred and fifty kilometers on no, five hundred fifty miles. Oh, miles. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. trying to find the, the the actual file of it here, so I can give you the amount of kilometers that it is. But I will find it. It's um, it's a hell of a lot of kilometers anyway. There is there's a fair bit in it. There is a fair bit in what it. What you recorded on Strava? Uh, Strava, yeah. So I have um, I kind of had to break it down. Mm-hmm. So you start in this little village in Tindrum that's just kind of north of Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about two hours north of Glasgow. Did, did you drive over to you? I did. Oh, yeah. I got the boat. Um, and you just so leave your car sure up there in, in this you place. You leave it in Tindrum, yeah. So right. I, I got stayed in a hotel there and left the car there for whatever, f- four days. My goal was to do it in at least five days, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of, is a quick time. Yeah. Uh, I was probably a little bit ambitious. I know it's self-supported, but, but do you have to find your own way, like navigation, or is there like No, so there's a guy uh, up there that has done this for years, right? So it's, it's kind of a, like a banded event, but this is the ultra kind of mountain bike 
scene the mm-hmm. way it is now. They're not like fanfare events, like you know, you go to like you do your quest adventure races or your sportives. They're not like that. Mm-hmm. Basically, what you do is you kind of follow this guy on Instagram, or I think it's only Instagram actually, and you message him and you say, "Look, I'm interested in getting a place." And then, if you're lucky enough, you have to send them a load of files to prove that you can actually make it through the event. Right. Yeah, so you have yeah. to show them, like, previous experience on, on the same kind of terrain with the, you know, the same self-supported nature. Mm. So you have to kind of go and get vetted through mm. it. Which is, yeah, so it's mad. It's it, He doesn't just give it out to anyone. Mm-hmm. So then what happens then if you're successful? I was successful in 22, the year before, and... I just, I got COVID a couple of weeks before and then I just said, look, can you defer? Well, I actually cancelled it and he said, look, I'll defer it the next year. And oh, then, sound. Yeah, so that that was actually before I did the podcast the last time. Mm-hmm. So I, look, I had it on my list for a while and I was kind of trying to, I just wanted to be to be right, you know. So I got COVID then beforehand because it was the height of COVID and it was a bit weird. And mm. uh, so I just knocked yeah, it on the head. Because it's intense, so you want to be in good. Oh man, you have to be in shape, great shape. Give a good rattle, mm. like top, great top shape. Yeah, great shape. So, um, so yeah, that that's what happened. I deferred it, got pushed it out this year. So then it was shit or bust this mm-hmm. year. So um, yeah, so Alan then he kind of goes through it, gets you all signed up. There is a limit on what you can, how many people can sign up. And this year he was trying to get parity between men and women. So he was trying to get 35 men and 35 women. Right. So I think he was just shy of the 35 women. I think he got about 30. Right. And there was 35 men, but there was probably another 70 in the, you know, waiting for an entry. Oh, right. Okay. In the background. But I was lucky enough that I was number 35 that I got carried over. So, yeah, so I'd give it a good go. So, yeah, got the boat over. All my gear with me this time. Not mm. like on your own, like do you have it like a training buddy with you or one no. someone that had the crack with you or no, no, just no, on, no totally crack. on your own. That's no exciting. Crack. No, go with me, John. We should like, have went. <laughs> we could have done a bike or cycling to be alone. <laughs> could have just yeah, put, yeah. put us on the bags. <laughs> no bother. Like I would have put us all in the back of the jeep there, but uh, yeah, there wouldn't been like Iceland yeah. where I flew over and they lost my bike. So <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't going through that. Yeah, that was yeah. Where it went somewhere else? No, it stayed in Dublin. <laughs> and then I got it when when I was in the airport. I got it on the way home, so I got to bring my bike home. I read that. In, I think <laughs> I read that in the news, didn't I? It was all over the news. I was all over the news. Yeah, there was loads time. of bags going missing. Yeah, I that yeah. Um, yeah. They had. A, I actually, yeah, there was an Irish cycling kind of uh, news page kind of contacted me about it and wanted a bit of a spiel about it. <clears throat> but I did another podcast for a sponsor of mine, that, hmm. and uh, yeah, went into <laughs> went in depth about it. But uh, yeah, that was a. It was an experience in itself, but uh, this this wasn't happening for this one. This one, everything yeah, yeah. had to be well planned, perfectly, mm. and but I had to have all my own gear. Yeah, you had the bike in the car anyway, or on the car? In the car, In yeah. the car in while you're driving over, so yeah, there's yeah, no 100%. chance of anything going wrong. No. Um, what are you talking per day? So you wanted to do it five in five days. So what's yeah. that per day? Roughly miles. 200, 200 miles. Oh, it's 550. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> miles. 220K. So I was kind of going off K. So my goal, I think the first night, I was hitting the 200K mark and then I was sleeping. So basically, you can you can kind of make up your own sleep schedule. Some people ride through the night. 
Right. Um, there's a few mad jokes that do that. Which is solid. This is, this is true forest now. And this oh, is this is like mountain. There's mountain biking. This is Whoa. proper mountain biking. This is some of the best mountain biking I've ever done. And so I've they, done a lot they, of mountain they obviously biking. have like what a headlight and a, a light on the bike. And yeah, but you're kind of at the limitation of your battery packs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because like I have a light, I probably get about three or four days. But you know, if it's a dim light, you're not really going to see much in front of you. Yeah. Plus, your yeah. head is fried. Yeah, you're not going to have great eyesight. It's going to be pretty nuts. And so those guys that are going through the night, are they going also through the day? Are they just going yeah, until they they, until they fall there's off the one, bike, basically? Yeah, there's one guy. Now, he didn't do it this year, and it's Sofian Sahili, and he's uh, renowned for it. Mm-hmm. He's uh, He was one of these messenger, messaging career-y type dudes, you know, the oh, right, fly okay. around the bikes. And yeah. I think he's from, yeah, one of those. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a big thing in France, and he I think he was in Paris or something. And uh, he just got into this ultra racing, but his thing was that he rides through the night, and he'll ride for like two days without sleep. Somebody. Uh, that wasn't me. Wouldn't we all? Uh, no, I love sleep. <laughs> Sleep's great. <laughs> and I also like keeping my mind as... <laughs> in stable condition so as much as I can so two days two days straight well he can but he didn't do it this time right but there was a couple the guy that won it this year Angus Young no relation no what is there anything that man can't do listen to ACDC all the way class he's yeah I'm sure he's sick of that joke all right yeah yeah but a cool dude really cool dude really I hung out with him for a couple of days after the event he is the coolest guy ever he's actually a chemistry teacher no way in the UK and he's a young enough guy but he is absolutely rapid on a bike really? unbelievable he he was sleeping for like an hour or two hours at a time what uh yeah but he was sleeping like in a bivy bag which is like just a little bag basically you just get into this bag and you put a oh, jacket yes, on he's and not setting up a camper no 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 i kind of had a half set up bivy kind of thing mm-hmm. so it was like a half a tent kind of yoke and you slide into it, it was like just a little into an f1 car thing yeah the little it's like a little small like it's close to the ground type little small yoke yeah it's like a little coffin thing yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then it's but it kind of sits on your you know your sleeping bag and stuff like that and but i kind of had a good bit of kit with me because i kind of wanted to get some decent sleep yeah um so yeah the first the first day we started in tindrum i think it was half eight nine o'clock in the morning i can't remember big group start outside this cafe pretty cool spot um you're right, John. Right there, John. Jesus, you're, you're destroying the place. <laughs> Fired the headphones <laughs> at the already broken uh, thingy. It's gone. I have to go. My apologies. Start again. <laughs> <laughs> From the very start. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you start Tinder. So, you like bikes. <laughs> I like bikes. <laughs> yeah, cycling, you're cycling. <laughs> so, yeah, you start Tinder. Uh, big group start. Everybody starts together. You start on the hill, kind of kind of outside the town um, and you're going to finish up there so you can kind of leave stuff there for when yeah. you come back but you don't know when you're going to come back it could be three, four, five it could be eight days out there oh right the, okay oh yeah uh, I think the limit was I think it was about eight or nine days right you have to have um, it done yeah you have to have it done there is a cut off period right. now the thing to note as well and I'll probably get into this later is that when you go out there there's no going back because you're not getting public transport in the Highlands in Scotland. Mm-hmm. It is a disaster. Like you, you won't get buses. You won't get ta- you taxis. You get nothing. Like mm-hmm. it's proper wilderness. Like yeah. even the towns. Like you won't get from town to town. It's it's insane. That's mad. Yeah. So it's you're probably better off just. And do people know, live up there? Out. Like did you come across any locals and stuff? Like yeah, that? yeah. No, it is. It's 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 <coughs> populated. There's a lot of tourism. A lot uh, of you, tourism. You are on the road though for a bit of oh, a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like it's driving even there is crazy. Like 
it's crazy um, it's all little B roads and yeah, yeah. small mountain roads and stuff like that. It is pretty nuts. So you're up around kind of Loch Ness and all kind of. Well, being up there is nice. Like beautiful, mount- yeah. Mountain biking to me is like. Although I drove. You're always kind of up off the seat, going up and down things and going down and mm-hmm. left and right. Is it that kind of cycling, or yeah, is yeah. it just you're down a trail like the Portofields kind uh-huh. of? Yeah, no, oh, definitely not. No. Have you any I, videos? Yeah, I do. I have a, we'll have a quick joke. Yeah, I'll show you there while while I'm talking here, but um. Yeah, so like it is proper mountain biking. It's yeah. it's mountain bike terrain. Like you wouldn't go and do it on like a gravel bike or you know something equivalent like a semi road bike or a hybrid or something like that. Yeah, it's proper mountain biking. And what day um, day one? How many kilometers did you complete? Uh, in day one, I did two hundred two hundred and five. I think it was just over the two hundred mark. So Jesus, <laughs> it was yeah, it was pretty nuts. Um, so what kind of like calories were you spending per day and what uh, did you have to eat it was mental right so the first day the, the, the feed zone like the place where you can actually resupply is what we call it um the the places were few and far between right. so you had a couple of little points like so i did a lot of research before you know i obviously get the route posted to me like a couple of weeks before yeah and i have to plan the route so i kind of look at it and go right where am i getting food where am i putting where am i packing back up where am i resupplying me my all my you know calories and everything and mm. getting my water from again i'm getting my water from streams and i'm using a water filter to kind of filter out and put it into my you know hydration pack or into my bottle or whatever mm. so you're kind of planning that you're planning awesome. your food stops uh but they're just like little garages there's you know little mm. tiny garages and they have very limited food like you probably get a sandwich in one or yeah and some of them you only get mm. bars like there was one there and it was horrendous it was just literally like the worst stuff you could have got like and it was a tiny little shop and like obviously i'm vegetarian yeah it was proper for local people <laughs> he's and a they vegetarian had, <laughs> i'm vegetarian so they had that's uh, what i was laughing at all <laughs> oh, right he said for local people yeah. oh i thought you said yeah. for vegetarians no, no. <laughs> so local shop for local oh people. that was you that said vegetarian sorry about that. he was uh look at that one there john that's awesome so um he um yeah so i went into the shop and there's this dude and he reeked of fucking Gange, and <laughs> he just was sitting there, and he's like, Ugh. "So I was in, and I was like mad for like hot food or like you know something like you know yeah. that didn't have a load of meat in it, but everything yeah. he had." And I was trying to ask him, he's like, "Oh yeah, that mightn't have meat in it," and then I buy it, and then I'd op- I like I'd cut in half or something, and I was like, "Sausages, yeah, like, a like beak. sausages or something in it, yeah, like yeah. a chicken's head pops out." It is for a vegetarian. Yeah. Just take the sausages out. I was like, "Is there at vegetarian?" He's like, "There's bread over there," and you're like. Oh. <laughs> The Highlands so, of Scotland. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, but like the first shop. So we go back to day one, starting Tindrum. The first shop was a hundred miles, right? Which is one hundred sixty k in. So I had to have enough food and water to do me the one hundred sixty k. So I got to hundred. I got to that point. Now I was kind of, I kind of went a bit too hard at the start. I got in with a couple of dudes that were pretty good and they're kind of renowned for being really so good. Like, I'm, I'm watching. Like, I'm watching yeah. the video. You're doing it like, and you are bombing up the road yeah it's, it's pretty nuts yeah and i probably, i shouldn't have been with them lads honestly yeah. i kind of yeah i bit off more they could chew there um and i kind of started feeling it there when i got to the 160 mark yeah um so i you know i was kind of i was a little bit gassed and i was trying mm. to get as much into me as i could what's that off a gopro though uh yeah the gopro with me i've kind of the four days kind of on my uh, on my Instagram, they're there if you kind of search we'll, through my feed. But we'll mm. put this up in our stories so people can see. Obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's pretty good, and I do a little report on each one on each day. So, um, 
Yeah, it kind of gives an idea of. And your Instagram is Ginger Power. Ginger one? Power. Ginger Power. With a, with a zero instead of a no. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Like edgy. 007. <laughs> because ginger power. ginger power was actually taken already. There was probably, probably a lad was. from Trim called yeah. Ginger Power. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got to the 160k mark. Probably going a bit hotter than I should have. Uh, felt a bit tired. More tired than I planned to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, resupplied. Hung around a little bit longer than I expected, but which was good because I let the fast guys go. Yeah, and I wasn't pacing myself off them, which what are you I was about, doing. Like 30, 40 minutes. That type of dealio. Yeah, it just kind of took me time. Yeah, I think and it was good. Yeah, it was good. When you're cycling, because some of it looks like a nice place. Like, were you taking in where you are, or was it just about to cycle? Yeah, so that's that's day one. I wasn't probably as much as I should have been, and I started getting really weird. It started getting really weird mentally. Um, so the first day, obviously, I got. I was powering on and I was kind of got to the feed zone or got to the petrol station. I was like, oh, right. What am I doing here? Like, am mm. I kind of like, am I taking this in? Am mm. I, you know, or am I racing? Or what's the what's purpose the whole, of it? What's yeah. the purpose of it? And I kind of started questioning myself and it was really weird. So then I kind of resupplied, kind of didn't feel great after I got a bit of food into me. I expected to feel better. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of hit me then. I was like, oh, man, I like that whole first section is just a blur, mm. which it was like it was nuts. And I was like, I'm not really enjoying this. And yeah. I was like, I've been planning this for years, yeah. Yeah, years. Yeah. And I've been building up and I like it was spent the whole year last year planning for and this. You probably and never cycled that way again. Or whatever, no, like never you. again. Never. Mm. This is a one time bucket list thing. Right. Mm. So I was like, I didn't take it in. So rang my wife and, and I going back to the start yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah but i rang her and i was like i don't know if i'm able for this like i'm like it's it's not i feel like obviously i'm i'm kind of married and have a kid and everything and I'm, I'm there's a big commitment there to to be away from them for that amount of time so mm. i'm like what's the point if i'm not taking it in yeah you know and i kind of rang her and i was like yeah look i'm ending up that i'm kind of racing and i'm not enjoying it and she was like, look, just stick at it, stick at it. You'd be grand. Like, you will get through it. You'd be fine. And I was kind of going, oh, I don't know. Is it worth it? And, you know, and then it was, there was all this. This was day one, like. 